When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Please welcome Rich Eisen. What a story. Can't believe it. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. This was done out of the goodness of the Giants' heart. Saquon Barkley had resigned himself to the fact that he just needed to show up. Now, Josh Jacobs, not inclined to show up anytime soon. Today's guests, NFL Network reporter Mike Garofolo, former NFL executive Joe Banner, Grammy Award-winning artist Tim McGraw, and now... It's Rich Eisen. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show live on the Roku channel. And we're free every single day, 12 to 3 Eastern time. You want to see us every single day? You have that right. And you have the ability to just do it for nothing. The Roku channel is free on all Roku devices. Select Samsung Smart TVs. It is free on Amazon Fire TV. It is also free on the Roku app because the Roku channel's on at the RokuChannel.com. Within it, we're free on terrestrial radio. Hello to everybody out there. Um, and we're also saying hello to our Sirius XM Odyssey audiences as well. It is time to open training camps for all 32 teams. We have made it. We have made it. Every National Football League team is up and Adam and active and trying to win football games this fall, starting right now with training camps. Let's go. We are up and running, and Chris Brockman's not here, which is another great thing. Um, <laughs> wow. Good to see you over there, Mike Del Tufo. How are you? I don't miss Chris. No, you do. I do, actually. Wow. I do. I miss, I miss uh, Good to see you over there, TJ Jefferson. How are you? What's up, Rich? How you doing, bro? I'm great, man. I am just doing fine. Um, you know who might not be? Saquon Barkley. He's <laughs> not know. talking today. I don't oh, know. He just turned down the opportunity to talk ooh, today. Ooh. Um, and, and you just got to wonder what's going on in his head. Joe Shane, the general manager of the New York football giants, says he's at peace with the way everything went down. He said, I tried. He tried. I'm at peace. He's ecstatic uh, that uh, Barkley's there. Of course he is. He's got uh, Saquon Barkley for 10.1 million bucks plus incentives. And it's, it's got to sting Saquon. It has to sting, Saquon, mm-hmm. because Joe Shane, the general manager who is at peace, signed a big piece of the Giants' offensive line, the biggest piece of them all. Andrew Thomas, five years, $117.5 million announced today. Now, it's fascinating, too. Daniel Jones getting his long-term deal and... Thomas getting his long-term deal. Dexter Lawrence getting his long-term deal. Four years, 90 million bucks. And Saquon does not get his long-term deal. He'll get nothing more than the franchise tag plus incentives and have to like it. And as I told you yesterday, it felt like that moment in The Godfather Part Two where Frank Pantangeli got a $100 bill from one of the Rosado brothers, and he said he didn't like the C-note. like the C-note. Yeah, the $100 was like commemorating their partnership. And that's what this incentive kind of feels like, even though teams rarely do 
what the Giants did for Saquon. But Saquon's not talking today. Why not? If he's at peace, why wouldn't he get out there and talk? Is he? He's not at peace. <laughs> I, I, that's the only way you can get it. Now, obviously, that can change in the next 20 minutes or so. He can step out there and, um, and talk. He can talk tonight. He can go on a podcast. He can do whatever he wants. He can go on his social channels. Call in here. He can call in here. Yeah. yeah. Lines are always open. I'll give, him, I'll give him the direct line. <laughs> but it's also the realities of this sport. It's the realities of this sport. You pay the quarterback. It's a quarterback-driven league. And then you pay the guy who protects the quarterback the most, the left tackle, the blind side. Daniel Jones, four years, $160 bucks, and his blind side protector, five years, $117.5 million dollars. <laughs> And the running back who essentially makes it all go. Ten million. And no more than just the one year. That's the way it goes. The defensive tackle, Dexter Lawrence, he gets the money too. Yeah. The defensive end, he gets the money too. Uh Trevon Diggs, he got Pizade, did he not? Yes, he did. Cornerbacks who shut it down. Aiden Diggs dead. Got Pay, that money. He gets paid. The wide receiver who could potentially take the top of the defense off. He can get paid. The running backs don't. And and you could say a quarterback-driven league, you got to pay the guy who protects him. A running back sometimes protects the quarterback physically, although not like a left tackle. It is going to occasionally be the running back's job to pick up the free blitzing individual that's ready to detach the quarterback's head from his body. Sometimes that running back will step in and save the day and make the play happen. Schematically, though, the running back protects the quarterback by running it. By sometimes slowing the pass rush because they can't stop the run on the way to the quarterback because the running back's so good. I still don't get it. That... That the Giants are ready to go into this season in this manner with Saquon. And again, I know it's July 26th. And that when September the 11th, Sunday night football, Giants and Dallas Cowboys are out there. He's maybe going to be thinking about it, saying, I'll show everybody here. But when it all comes down to it and ball gets snapped and number 26 is back there, he's not sitting there thinking, I am making 29 and change less than the guy who's handing me the football. I don't think. And that's what happens. This is the game that is played right now, but where it really will reside if this is an issue. On the lap of the coach of the year, reigning coach of the year, Brian Dayball. He's going to have to make it work. Because there are sometimes I've heard in my 20 years now of NFL Network, factions break out in the locker room. Certainly if the quarterback has a two-interception night, if Diggs proves out his new huge contract at Daniel Jones' expense, that's the way these things work and materialize. And it's going to be up to the coach of the year to make sure that doesn't happen. Because as you know, things occasionally go sideways in the NFL. Mike Garofolo, my colleague from the NFL Media Group, is at Giants Camp. He will be joining us in 13 minutes' time to give us the update on what is going on there. He and Ian Rappaport broke the news of Justin Herbert becoming the best-played 
paid player in the history of the National Football League. He's got a new contract. This is the, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. No longer the old San Diego Superchargers, right? The Los Angeles Chargers ripped open the Spanos Velcro wallet. <laughs> that was the noise you heard yesterday. <laughs> Some moths and butterflies flew out. 52 and a half million dollars. Rich, can I play the Brockman role real quick? Because I know Please what Chris would say. Please go ahead. This is, I'm pretty sure, what my brother Brockman, Brockman would say in this instance. For how many playoff ones? I get yep. it. I how, understand. How many, how many playoff ones? I understand. How many points scored in the second half? This is playoff? all part and parcel of the puzzle. And one of the reasons why we're having former league executive Joe Banner on this program as well. Quarterbacks get paid. Austin Eckler is told, thanks for all these touchdowns you score. Thanks for taking the pressure off of Justin Herbert for not having to force it in to a window he should not from the 10-yard line. Thanks for getting us to the three. Thanks for then creating the matchup problem from the three-yard line so he could flip it to you in the end zone or using you as the decoy so someone else is wide open taking the pressure off of Justin Herbert or we hand it to you and you just jam it in the end zone. Thank you for all that. We're paying Justin. And then we're going to pay his protector. That's the way it goes in this league right now. Austin Eckler will take the field and go, all right, all right. Justin's all that, but... He gets all that, and I can't get even a fraction of that. And I'm not doing this to stir it up. I'm not doing, like, like Eckler could, I'm sure, is sitting there this morning going, way to go. Love that guy. We need that guy. Let's go win with that guy. Now, if this was New York, it would be a whole different ball of wax. And again, Aaron Rodgers is going to learn that as we learned the Jets redid his contract. Another thing I'm going to ask Joe Banner, how do you reconfigure a contract where somebody gets paid $1 million this year and $107 million next? By the way, that's apparently the numbers here. How do you make that work? He's going to have to play multiple years. Or just, you know, give him a piece of the Jets. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, you know, I don't know. <laughs> what, what, Make what him an honorary he, Johnson? I have no idea. What would a Super Bowl win get him next? He's suddenly Aaron Johnson the fourth. I have no idea. <laughs> get some free talcum powder. <laughs> Little head and shoulders. I don't know. He's not too old to be adopted, is he? That's the way this league is going today. Where on... April, whatever it was, Jalen Hurts is the highest paid player in the game. And then draft day hits and Lamar Jackson becomes the highest paid player in the history of the game. And then two months later, Justin Herbert's the highest paid player in the history of the game. And he might have a stint atop this list shorter than the one that Jalen Hurts even had because Joe Burrow is right around the corner and Patrick Mahomes gets further and further down the list. And the only reason why I bring all of this up right now is not only to put into place what's going on with the running back spot, but also to put into place the fact that even with Hurts hitting it and Lamar hitting it and Justin Herbert hitting it, none of them 
have as many guaranteed dollars in their contracts as Deshaun Watson has. He's still the outlier at $225 million guaranteed, all of it, every dollar. He's still, that contract still stands as the outlier. It's probably going to stand for a while, right? I think so. I mean, at some point, somebody will make more guaranteed dollars because the contracts keep going up, and every single time it's a new average annual salary that's just a little bit higher than the one before. Hurts beating Rodgers out by .7 million, and then Lamar beating out Hurts by a million, and Herbert beating out Jackson by half a million. And then Burrow might come in at, what, $53 million, $54 million now that that's hit, and what will the guaranteed dollar? At some point, some will make more guaranteed dollars than Deshaun Watson, but not every dollar of it will be guaranteed. That's still. Still. And we're all wondering, which one is going to be the one to break that logjam? And the answer is nobody. And the same thing is happening with the running backs. But that, at least, unfortunately for them is just being paid multiple years. Uh, Honestly, it's just like Joe Shane is paying $117 million to his tackle, and I understand market value, and I understand that may not be fully guaranteed, all of it. I get all of that. But there's not another $9 million left in the till, three this year, three the following year, and three the year after that to give him the $13 million back on the table. Or if he wanted sixteen, okay, so that's eighteen over three. To keep him happy in the locker room cool, like I said, I don't get it. And Rich, like I was asking you pre-show, like I understand, we know, the left tackle, the importance, they got to get paid. But optically, isn't this just bad for them? Like you couldn't have let 48 hours go by, you kind of lowballed your best player and then the next day? This is all, but the, the way that these are all for a general manager who generally manages, these are all, you know, Tracks that are trains that are running on multiple tracks at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's entirely possible that this negotiation with Andrew Thomas's representation has been going on longer than the one that he had with Saquon. I don't, I don't know. It just happens, and you got to pay these guys. And the whole point of it is, is I'm sitting here saying I don't get why the Giants couldn't come up with the scratch to make Saquon Barkley happy, mm-hmm. and the general manager of the New York football giants has paid his quarterback left tackle and defensive lineman. And those are the boxes you do check to build winning football teams. You get the quarterback, you get the left tackle, you get the defensive back paid and there'll be more to come. So I'm sure he's sitting back there saying I'm building this team and I've got Saquon on the field. And that's the way Joe Shane gets a pat on the back going way to go, Joe. But Saquon's not talking today. At some point he will. It's New York City. They don't let you just sit back. Tim McGraw's on the show. And Arthur Smith has a new mustache. I don't think that they are uh, related at all. I'm just throwing <laughs> no. things out there now. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys have opened up training camp. Yeah. The owner has spoken. Oh. And TJ Jefferson, you are going to finally put down out there for everybody what you think the Dallas Cowboys will finish? As USA Today said, they were nine and eight. Right, that was a little disrespectful. In 20, 2023, they say they're going to be nine and eight. I don't have the patience to jack with you today. <laughs> Josh really Allen don't. has spoken about his relationship with Stephon Diggs. Diggs is talking right now. Oh. 
And as you know, I've been pounding the drums on this story to the point where um, I don't think they're very happy with me. Oh, really? I don't know. I mean, this sort of thing. Oh, and by the way, Jim Harbaugh is going to miss four games for buying somebody a cheeseburger. So that's apparently happening, too. Wow. And telling the NCAA, what cheeseburger? <laughs> what a world. We'll talk about it all. You have a top five today, too, right? I got a top five. Yeah. Top five no, training camp storylines that I'm looking forward to getting answered. Mike Garofolo of NFL Network, NFL Media Group, NFL Plus. Let's throw it out there, too. <laughs> there you go. Yes. So Mike Plus will join us next on the Rich Eisen Show with what in the world is going on in Giants camp. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests work is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed you know, I don't think we should just gloss over the fact that Jalen Brown got a $304 million contract that pays him $60 million a year to play the, uh, the the sport of basketball professionally in the United States of America. I don't think we should. You're right. We kind of did we, yesterday. We well, kind of no, touched we, we on didn't, it. No, but we didn't. But we, I mean, what's more to say other than the fact of, like, he's really good at, at, at the game. He's arguably one of the better supporting all-stars of a team? And that's a fact. That's true. Okay, I mean, he's not the best player on his team. He's a remarkably talented player who is the complement to, to uh, Jason Tatum. He's, you know, uh, uh, a fan favorite in Boston. 
He's a needle mover in terms of wins and losses. There's no question about it. The Celtics needed him. Yeah. I feel a butt coming on here. <laughs> Best played, paid player in the game. More than Jokic, more than Giannis, more than... I mean, that's the point of this. I know it sounds denigrating to him, but he played the market. It's perfect. He played the per- Super yeah. max. He's, he, he can make that much. The Celtics are a team, the only one that could pay him that much. And he got it from him. And he gets to stay put, where I imagine he's very happy there. But somebody's being paid $60 million a year annually to play a, a sport in the United States of America. Anybody else? They're not the best player. Is there anybody the else who's making a $60 million annual salary in the United States of America? I don't Could it be a, a professional golfer? I would say probably a race car driver. Maybe we're stopping. I don't, might be making that much. Jalen Brown, two salute, man. <laughs> I mean, that, that was pretty. And Tatum's going to beat it. That's coming at some point. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Uh, last time we chatted with him, um, it was when he was uh, kindly uh, uh, keeping both hands at 10 and 2, driving the car uh, that was taking himself and uh, our colleague Tom Pelissero to play golf with Ian Rappaport. He is uh, from the NFL Media Group, my colleague Mike Garafolo, back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Mike? You know, when you talk about us, I'm doing great, Rich. How are you? I'm great. Uh, when you, when you? When you talk about us all playing golf together, as we're all sitting in three different locations, I know Ian's on the West Coast. I don't know where Tom is today, but I'm at Giants camp right now. Uh, it just feels like somebody else's life. Like, oh, wait, just a couple of weeks ago, we were all playing golf together. Well, forget that. that, that it's over. It Let's is go. over, pal. It <laughs> is over. Tea, time, tea times are done uh, at, the, at present. Um, what's the mood in Giants camp right now, Mike? Uh, a little bit of – it's a little mixed, right, because they're happy he's uh, – Saquon Barkley is back. Um, he did not speak today. Joe Shane, the general manager, did for the first time in a while. Uh, Brian Dable as well. Um, Saquon expected to talk in the coming days but uh, did not speak to the media today. So it's it's kind of, I don't know, bittersweet, right? Like he's here. Uh, that's great. There's no worry that oh he'll come in late in camp and maybe he won't be in football shape and he'll get hurt or something like that like that that's all been taken care of. He had a diving toe tapping catch that he made in the side of the end zone uh, today, so um, you see his his ability and his importance to the offense. But by the same token, he's getting paid less than what he should be, um, and I know that that's the case for a lot of running backs these days. But all along the way, there were contract negotiations and, and better deals that were on the table to be had. And he didn't take them, and now we're, we're where we are right now, uh, which is not to say that a long-term deal might not be possible after the season, but right now for him to be playing on uh, $900,000 of incentives that, by the way, were, would have been more reachable in one of the recent contract offers that the Giants made uh, that could have helped sweeten that potential deal, uh, it's it's – it's kind of, I think, bittersweet is, is the best way to, to phrase it. Well, Joe Shane used the words, uh, I'm at peace, when he said uh, he tried, Saquon tried, I'm at peace with the you know way things are right now. Um, it, it, you know, We're assuming Saquon not talking today means he's, he's still in search of that peace uh, before saying a peace today. So what was the best you know or, and can share with us the actual – negotiation sticking points between these two sides 
that could not result in a long-term deal. Mike? Well, let's go back to last year at the bye week when they made their first run at it. And I remember um, Ian Rappaport and I reported on game day morning uh, that Sunday. And the, the way that I phrased it was the sides felt that it was a good starting point, or at least Barkley's side felt that it was a good starting point for off-season negotiations. Well, that was around, I want to say, 12 and a half average per year, $12.5 million average per year at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and if his side felt like it was a good starting point, the Giants felt like, no, we just made a run at it. Like, we're not just doing this to, hey, let's put a pin in it and come back. Like, when we negotiate, we're negotiating to get it done. And they didn't get it done, so they came back to the table. Uh, and there were varying offers throughout the offseason, 12 a year. Uh, there's one that even got up to 13 uh, per year. Now, along the way with, with these numbers that I'm throwing out, the guarantees weren't as high as Barkley and his camp would have liked, along with trying to go for a higher you know, uh, average per year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when we came down to the wire, now the Giants were at their lowest point of everything they had offered. It was around $11 million per year in base value. There were incentives that could have gotten it higher. Um, and at that point, when Barkley had seen numbers on the table, that again, were 12 and a half. 12, 13, now we're down to 11? Well, let's get back to where we were. The Giants just wouldn't go there. Um, my understanding, Josh Jacobs got an offer from the Raiders around $12 million per year. Uh, Jacobs and Barkley were in communication that final day when the deadline had arrived. And, and my understanding, if, if the same deal that the Raiders had offered Jacobs, Barkley would have taken, but the Giants just wouldn't go there at that point. So um, i got to be honest, I, I was shocked that day that nothing got done because – the Giants were at 11. Barkley was at 12. Usually a gap that small, you're able to bridge it when the deadline approaches. And they just didn't get there. The Giants just didn't want to go there at that point. Um, and it's stunning to me because Barkley had 900000 in incentives this year with not a lot to get him into camp. So it's like it, it really wasn't that far away. So I still remain surprised nothing got done at the deadline uh, on July 17th. And then, of course, it doesn't help that um... – you know, Andrew Thomas gets a $117 million contract today. When I say help, I mean in terms of repairing any relationship that could be frayed by all of this. And Well, and, my understanding, you know, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, but, but, and, and I just to finish the thought here, um, you know, I, I know the way you build a team is from quarterback spot and then the line. That's what you do. And that's what Joe Shane is doing, right? I mean, with Andrew Thomas, Dexter Lawrence, right, getting these deals, and then, you know, uh, Daniel Jones getting his. I just don't understand why you hold the line with somebody like Saquon, or we had this deal, we told you if we pull it, we're not putting it back on the table, and we are sticking to that. And then, you know, the actual dollars that we're talking about that might be different um, is... What one eleventh the uh, the amount of uh, of Thomas's entire contract? It just it doesn't compute, is what I'm saying. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, and and he's now from a roster building standpoint, and and they'll never say this publicly, uh, and and nobody's really necessarily stated this outright to me when I talked to them behind the scenes. Um, I, I don't believe that Joe Shane in this current regime would ever draft a running back second overall. I also don't believe that they want to pay uh, a running back in the $10 million-plus range. But when Joe Shane takes this job, he's inheriting what Dave Gettleman had already kind of laid the groundwork for, uh, 
And that's a player who is really good, <laughs> number one. He's really popular inside the locker room. Um, he is a really good kid. Uh, there, there's certainly no question that they think that he's a outstanding individual. So now it's like, well, we we got to kind of pay him, right? But we don't want to necessarily go to a certain point. I, I know that they, after those deals that I talked about that were on the table were, were turned down, you know, the, certainly the fact that they wouldn't go back there when the deadline approached tells you that they didn't want to go there in the first place. And certainly looking back, we're kind of like, oh, geez, we really overextended ourselves on that one. Um, so, I, you know, w- the, play, the positions you're talking about, Dexter Lawrence at defensive tackle, uh, Andrew Thomas at left tackle, Daniel Jones at quarterback, uh, those are certainly the ones that I believe that this regime, along with a bunch of other regimes, would love to pour most of the money right. and then figure out where the running back position goes, which uh, the running back market and all those guys out there, I feel for them, but that's kind of – the way it goes for most of the league right now. They also have a high-priced tight end, so I guess we'll just put a button on this Giants conversation by talking about, okay, bottom line is Joe Shane does have Saquon Barkley in camp, and Daniel Jones paid, and Thomas paid, and they've got Darren Waller in the mix here. So what is the general sense of how improved the Giants are from last year's breakout, if you will, season to this one? Mike. We were about 20 questions into the press conference today when it was kind of like, oh, what do you expect from Daniel Jones in this offense going <laughs> forward? Which, by the way, getting Barkley into camp, that's great because now you have these questions for today and then whenever Saquon talks, and then boom, you're moving on to a team that overachieved last season and feels like they can get going this year. Now, when they when they brought in Waller, they, they kind of looked at him as a wide receiver, you know, adding another downfield threat. Uh, in a market where, listen, the wide receiver market and the free agent, from a free agent standpoint, uh, was not the greatest uh, this past offseason. So to be able to add a guy that they feel was almost a wide receiver, uh, they were thrilled about that. And that, that certainly lends to Daniel Jones having to open up a little bit more. Now, they're walking that fine line, and this was a big topic in the spring here when they were in OTAs. They're walking that fine line of he's got to take shots, but he's also got to make smart decisions. Well, Sometimes when you take the shots, it's not going to be the greatest decision. So Daniel Jones and a Giants offense that we're going to see open up this season is going to be a fascinating watch early in the season. He's capable of making those throws and making those decisions. They were just schooling him last year to kind of keep it simple and shrink the field wherever they could to kind of play some smart football because from a roster standpoint, they weren't where they expected to be. Well, now they are. So they feel good about him, and that's why they paid him. You know, everybody says, oh, Daniel Jones, you paid him for that production. Never mind the production in the past. When you pay a guy on a contract extension, it's what you're expecting from him going forward, and certainly they expect more from him. I mean, you talk about it. Sunday night against Dallas, week two at Arizona, and then a Thursday nighter at San Francisco, home for Seattle on a Monday night at Miami, Sunday night at Buffalo, Washington, and then the Jets – before visiting Vegas, Dallas, Washington, home for New England, then a bye. That is a heck of a first dozen weeks, and everything you talked about fascination, right? You're you're gonna you're gonna see it nationally televised against big time opponents. Um, you know the Jets Giants game. My goodness, Week Eight is gonna be a total, um, you know, New York media festival. Certainly, since I'm assuming the Yankees and Mets will be long gone from the scene. Uh, by week eight, just to mix sports, uh, so that that's pretty big, man. That's pretty huge, Rich, no doubt about it. Rich, I, I I deserve this. 
I deserve it. Okay, I live <laughs> yes, Mike. in Hoboken. I live in North Jersey. Yes, sir. And I've been I, I don't root I tell people all the time, I don't root for teams. You know, I grew up an Eagles fan, but I stopped being an Eagles fan when I covered the Eagles. Understood. Right? Yes. You can't you, you see that how the sausage is made, you're too close, it's tough to root anyway. So I don't root for teams, but to be in this New York market for the last decade or so yes. and these teams to not be relevant and not only not be like like before October they've been out of it some of these years they've started a combined 0 and 6 or, or, or 1 and, and so I, I trust me I'm reveling in the fact that both of these teams should be a good watch and a good uh, uh good teams to report on this year Mike Garofolo NFL Network NFL Media Group with us right here on the Rich Eisen show uh you and uh Rap Sheet broke the news about Herbert's contract uh, what leaps out to you about uh, Justin Herbert's contract, and how long do you think he'll be the highest-paid player in the league? <laughs> could be hours, could be days, but Joe Burrow's going to jump him eventually for sure, and we'll be into the mid-50s at that point, um, which is crazy. I, I tweeted this out last night. Um, it's, it was just six years ago. I mean, it, you can go back and say, well, 10 years ago, Aaron Rodgers was at 22 a year. Six years ago, Derek Carr was at 25. Mm-hmm. And now we're more than double that. Um, and Joe Burrow looking to stretch it into the mid-50s. So, uh, yeah, it's what, what, what surprises me or stands out to me, I should say, about the Herbert contract uh, is the sheer size of it because this is not a guy who's very – I'm going to say this and everybody's going to say, you got to be kidding me. Uh, he's not a very materialistic guy. Like, he's a very simple guy, mm-hmm. right? Um, so through the whole thing, it was like, okay, well, you know, Justin may just say, ah, all I need is – so much. How much money do I possibly need? Well, you got people around you, whether it's financial advisors or agents or whatever. Say, let us do our job, okay? And and let's make sure that you're not just allowing this money to burn a hole in your owner's pocket. Like it's your money. You you made it. You deserve it. Now, do we want to do some things to help keep your team competitive uh, throughout? It's certainly not a Patrick Mahomes decade-like deal. And I know that these teams right now, when they have their franchise quarterbacks are all starting the negotiations with that, saying, hey, look what Mahomes did, and look at the flexibility that he gave the Chiefs moving forward. Right. Um, so it's not quite that, and it's it's half the length of that deal. Uh, but the Chargers still feel like they've got enough flexibility, despite the fact that they're doling out $100 million, $100 million to Justin Herbert in the first new year of the contract. That uh, That's pretty good as, as – Tom Pelissero pointed out it's a little better than making four million. Go from four to a hundred, nice little race. Exactly, uh, and and so Burrow's around the corner, right? And then um, what? What's the? What was it? Just he was waiting, or what, what is going on with Cincinnati and Burrow on that front prior to the season? Uh, the, yeah, the sides have done a really good job of keeping this one tight. I, oh I, yeah, I, I do I'm credit them for that. Uh, but Joe Burrow's got a got an agent who uh, in Brian Aroll who will drive a hard bargain and uh, you know will make it not contentious at times but you're going to have to work for it as the team. Uh, so that's going on right now and I do believe from my understanding you know yeah they wanted to see where Herbert came in you know because if you're the guy that's that's really going to uh, set the top of the market you didn't want to do a deal let's say they did it at 53 and Herbert uh, Herbert comes in at 52 and a half and you say boy we should have been a, a bigger spread so now that they have. Herbert kind of locked in. They know where that bar is to clear. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I keep saying sometime before week one, he's not running out in the field without a contract extension. 
Uh, could be closer to today than that, but uh, should be done in short order. Let's finish up with some uh, running backs that are still out there. Um, I had Dalvin Cook on a couple days ago. He said the Dolphins never put anything on the table for him. He's got nothing on the table right now. He's waiting is what he yep. said. Um, what What do you think? Because uh, it's not just him. It's Zeke. It's Fournette. It's Kareem Hunt. I mean, my goodness, is there a glut of productive running backs sitting ATC right now waiting? What, what's the scoop here yeah. on that? What do you and got? you're looking at one-year deals, uh, teams willing to pay. Let's say for a guy like Dalvin Cook, the number I've heard for teams on one-year deals is somewhere around 4 to $5 million. And then maybe you add incentives on top of that. Uh, now, if you're Cook and you wait, which I think is the right move right now, I mean, what's the rush? Um, you know, I go back to a couple of years ago. I think it was their first preseason game when the Ravens lost J.K. Dobbins. He goes out there, he tears an ACL, and all of a sudden that changes things if you're a running back out there looking for a job. Um, so I, I think that that's probably the best move for him now. D- do you wait all the way into the regular season? Um, that's something he's going to have to decide because if you don't have one of those injuries uh, creating a need, then then what do you wind up doing? So um, I'll be curious to see what happens if we're into late August and he still hasn't jumped. As for Zeke, I mean, I just, to me, and I know folks tried to connect him to Tampa Bay, Skip Pete, his running backs coach was down there. Uh, it just always made the most sense for me, in my mind, for Zeke to go back to Dallas. I yep. mean, uh, and, and for, you know, they've certainly left the door open for that. So perhaps that's where that one winds up, Rich. But, um, yeah, Cook, Cook is the interesting one because he's, he's definitely got tread left on those tires. And in the right situation, boy, he could see a little career renaissance. Does Belichick and the Patriots bite in any of these guys? What do you think? Yeah, they they brought in Fournette. Um, and, again, they're not going to spend a whole lot uh, at that position. So I think they're, they're still in the market for sure for a running back. So uh, maybe they wind up uh, tabbing one of these guys. Last one for you. I'll ask the question to you that I asked uh, Pelissero uh, when I spoke to him last. The, the people that you talk to, your ear to the ground, your phone burning up, mm-hmm. the team that nobody's talking about that the rest of the league is talking about having a good 2023 is filling that blank. If yeah. you don't mind, you got one. I, I, well, you, you, you asked me and I, I said the Packers. Oh, that's right. You did say that people still think, but, but I want to give you another one. I, okay. I, I just, the, the new Orleans saints are the team that everybody says the combination of the schedule, right? Um, it sets up really nicely. They play the, uh, obviously the NFC South in their own division. And then I think they play the AFC South. Uh, so that's the kind of team that really could fatten up its record um, and almost play yourself into the record. Like, I, I've seen the Eagles do that both times they went to the Super Bowl. was kind of like, oh, you start to get so many wins and you, and you fatten up, and now that, that builds your confidence, and you believe what your record is almost uh, kind of that way. So I could see the Saints being that team, and, and, and I know from a talent standpoint, uh, they're, they're, the way that they're constructed – Definitely impresses some folks around the league, and and they're higher on Derek Carr than the average fan is as well. So um, okay. that's the team. I, I gave you the Packers. They maybe they sneak into the playoffs. I'll give you the Saints as a not sneak into the playoffs, but maybe go deep into the postseason. Yeah. I'm, I'm really bullish on that. Then that Week Three uh, Saints at Packers game is huge in your mind, for right me? there. Yes, <laughs> yes. For this is about you, Mike. This is about you. We heard I'm, about I'm, before about the Giants and the Jets, and I'm just throwing that out there. That Week Three game, it's got a lot on the line gonna, that maybe others I'm might not realize. To, I, I'm gonna have to ask for that assignment for uh, game day morning. Fantastic. Uh, in the meantime, let's chat again. Greatly appreciate it. Good seeing you at the uh, the summit the other day. You got it, pal. Thanks for having me. You bet. Right back at you. That's Mike Garofolo. Check him out on Twitter. 
a must-follow. I follow them. You should as well. Check them out. Where, Rich? On uh, X. Sorry. Don't get it twisted. Put up the Saints schedule one more time here. Okay. That was kind of interesting. Well, take, hold on right? a minute. So just let's just throw this out here. Their first game is against Tennessee, the new DeAndre Hopkins offense with Henry and Tannehill, and everybody thinks that Tennessee is ready to be pushed over. Mm-hmm. You know, but take your heart pills and buckle up. That's the <laughs> Sunday uh, first game against the uh, Saints. There you go in the Superdome. Then they're at Carolina on a Monday night against the new confirmed QB1 of the Carolina Panthers as of today, Bryce Young. Rookie QB. At Green Bay. Okay. Jordan Love, just game three coming in for Jordan Love. Home for Tampa. At New England. At Houston. Home for Jacksonville. At Indiana. At Indianapolis. Home for the Bears. At Minnesota. Compare that to the Giants' first six games, 12 games, the Jets' first six games, eight games. How many wins you see there, Rich? Uh, I mean, what? again, the issue is with this and what you will find later on when we have you play the Dallas win-loss game for the Cowboys' schedule is we're just looking at that schedule through the prism of last year. Yeah, yeah. And just also baking in, Carolina's going to have a rookie quarterback. Put that up one more time if you don't mind. I mean, Dennis Allen and that defense, I know he's the HC, but he's a defensive-minded head coach. He's got, look at the quarterbacks he's taken on. Tannehill to start, rookie at Carolina. Jordan Love, de facto rookie at Green Bay. Tampa, Baker Mayfield's first month as the quarterback there. Mac Jones in his... Rebound from the quick game effing sucks season. (laughs) And rookie Houston in C.J. Stroud. There's then on a Thursday night short week, home against Trevor Lawrence. Then rookie Anthony Richardson. Then Justin Fields' second season at Minnesota. Kirk Cousins is the first vet that they're facing. First guy with like, you know, 10 years of neck up pre-snap ability. At Atlanta, it's going to be Desmond Ritter's first full season. Mm-hmm. Then there's Jared Goff, another vet. Carolina, young again. Then they've got Daniel Jones at the Rams. We're assuming Stafford's healthy. You want to talk about 10-year vet neck-up ability. Yep. Baker and then Atlanta again. So it's not like they're facing... A murderer's row. Of- well, which, or, or at least some veteran quarterbacks that can really... You know, maybe give them trouble. That like you you name all those quarterbacks out there. How do you think the Saints feel right now facing those quarterbacks? I mean, with that defense that they had led by Cam Jordan, you got to. How do you think Cam Jordan in particular? If I had him here, and as you know, he's human sodium pentothal. Uh He cannot tell a lie. (laughs) He has very little filter. How do you think he feels? You think he's like. He's probably sticking a, a he's sticking a napkin in his. He's tying the napkin it around his neck right now and sharpening up the, the, the yeah. knife. Like, B- bam, kick it up a notch. You know, let's go. Yeah, especially with these rookie QBs, you know that's got to make his eyes just. That's what out. I'm saying. So and that's why maybe Garofalo is saying, "Hey, don't look, don't sleep on the Saints," and why 
USA Today has them winning that division at nine and eight. Same record they have the Cowboys in 2023. <laughs> we'll get that later on. See how I'm working it? I'm working it. You love that so much. Hey, man. Uh, Peyton Manning's got an issue with uh, the quarterback series. Oh, really? Yeah, people tapping out on, uh, on turning it down like it's hard knocks. Wow. So we'll hit the, uh, that uh, coming up here on the Rich Eisen Show. We also still have Josh Allen talking about his relationship with Diggs and Diggs talking about his relationship with Allen, trying to put this thing to bed before training camp even really begins. Joe Banner on the latest of the running back and quarterback markets as well in Hour 2. Tim McGraw in Studio Hour 3. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. There's somebody on Twitter, and it could be Bob, at real underscore Bob Costas. Then you read the Twitter bio, and you begin to think something could be up. How are you, Bob? I'm good, Rich. Late last night, and then again this morning when I woke up, dozens of texts, some claiming it must be real, some saying this can't be true. Yes. And one said, this is the best indication that hell has frozen over <laughs> since the 04 Red Sox or the 2016 Cubs. But I am here to assure you and everybody else yes. that the fires of hell are still very much blazing because I am absolutely not on Twitter. They have taken the bogus account down. And I began thinking, you know, what would actually, what would I have to do before I ever deigned to be on Twitter? What? Like, binge watch the real housewives of orange county <laughs> make a return trip to sochi just for the nostalgia of a pink eye episode starring <laughs> a full to basketball or or just for you just for you rich yes Bob. make a special trip to the nfl combine <laughs> all those things will happen before i'm ever on twitter okay so this is the real bob costas we can okay. confirm oh, that oh, now yeah <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Twitter needs that. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Your son uh, tweeted it out that this is not you. When I saw the, the first screen grab that, that Keith sent to me, yes. one tip-off should be, look, I'm a reasonably humble and self-effacing guy. Yes. But would I knowingly shortchange myself 
seven Emmys? The guy couldn't even get the number of Emmys right. Exactly. I said that. I said 21 seems a little light. You gotta pull a scam. Get your ducks in a row. Uh, the great Bob Costas. Back here on our show. So the quarterback series on Netflix right now that is, um, you know, NFL films produced along with uh, Peyton Manning and the Manning uh, family's uh, production company, Omaha Productions. And uh, I do believe um, Mahomes forms his own production company in time for this. And this is the first such show involving uh, his production company. Yes, sir. Which is, by the way, a terrific um offer to a quarterback in the NFL right now if you hey form your own production company you get a label and you get to hang your shingle out and you can start doing what Brady's done and obviously what Manning's done your own production company it's a content driven business right now mm-hmm. don't forget Peyton Manning is the reigning Emmy award winner for best game analyst and he doesn't go to the games <laughs> so this is what that. your future can be <laughs> if you form a production company and obviously have the smarts and the people behind it and the content creation brain that clearly they have. So Mahomes said yes, and so did Kirk Cousins, and so did Marcus Mariota. And I think you, that's the head scratcher for people. Right? Well, no, it, but 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 what you want to do is you want to have guys at different varying stages of their quarterbacking career. I get that. The issue is, however, in this day and age, is that if you say yes to this, that now that it's out there, now that it's a hit, and people are seeing it and talking about it, and it is a terrific watch. Yeah, it's so much. No fun. question. You're seeing Mahomes in a way that, you know, you always heard Mahomes has got that dog in him. He's got like that red ass in him. He's got that competitor in him, that type of Jordan type, Kobe type competition blood boiling through his veins. And you see it. Oh, yeah. It's it's there front and center. Oh, gosh. Do you see it? And it does wonders for him. It also helped that he won the Super Bowl while doing it. And it's even helped Kirk Cousins. A lot of people have a lot of respect for him, a lot of higher register compliments for him. Like, hey, man, he got, I was watching that quarterback series and that Kirk Cousins, kind of, you know, I mean, I kind of like what he's been, I, I, you know. Hey, Kirk Cousins so says he's tough, Rich. That helps. But that helps when his reputation amongst a lot of fans, or I shouldn't say reputation. What is that? His MO from a lot of fans is that yeah. soundbite. One win in the playoffs against the... Um, Saints in overtime a few years ago in the Superdome and then the rest of it has just been a disappointment in a way that Marshall Falk came on here when trying to talk about the running backs being underpaid and how quarterbacks are being overpaid used Cousins as the example and savaged him on this program. There's also a line in the series Rich about 1pm Kirk Cousins against like primetime Kirk Cousins. They even Mm -hmm. bring that up because that's part of his story. So now they're looking for quarterbacks to do it for year two and uh Jalen Hurts said today at Eagles camp he turned it down and I would bet you they offered him the Mahomes role in it by like hey Jalen why don't you form your production company and you could do this and I I bet you they offered the whole thing and he said no 
Justin Fields said last week, he said no. Really? Yes. Because for young guys, for Mahomes to say yes, and I'm sure that's what greenlit it for Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <clearly. laughs> what greenlit it is like NFL films saying we're in production company business with uh, Peyton, Peyton Manning, yeah. and we got Mahomes to have a camera follow him around. Imagine that's the first sentence. Of will your pitch. you? Will you Netflix actually start putting this type of sports programming on your on your on your platform? In, remember when you were a kid? Do you like me? Yes or no? Check the box. Check the that box. Quick so I'm sure they. Again, I'm I'm just assuming this is the way these shows get pitched and formed and sold and greenlit around this town when it's in business. Um. So, Hertz saying no, and her and and Field saying no is them saying, I, I'd imagine Hertz. Uh, it's like he hasn't done anything yet, even though he did get to the Super Bowl last year and had a remarkable playing season. He dominated in the Super Bowl. Right. And so Hertz saying, you know, he's not he's not going to do it is significant. And then Fields, because what if what if Fields is like having, um, you know, cameras following around year two? What do what what what? does that give off to the guys in his locker room? Right? Hertz said, quote-unquote, didn't feel it was appropriate. Interesting. So in the same thing that you're seeing teams, like we don't want the attention for hard knocks, some quarterbacks are sitting here saying, I can't sit here and say, yes, cameras follow me around and they're in the locker room all year long. I mean, their job is tough enough as it is. And I'm sure NFL Films is like, you know, we're, we're... we, we got through it with Mahomes won a Super Bowl last year doing it. But I think you're seeing some quarterbacks being uncomfortable with this whole notion of having cameras. And um, I'm wondering who the three would be. Who are you going to get? Jordan Love would be one that I would, I, I'd want to peg. I, I would want to see what he's doing all year long. Obviously, Rodgers. I don't think that's going to happen. Josh Allen, you got to get somebody up on that. Tier A. Tier A. Yeah. So Josh Allen would be one to certainly follow. He's just a dynamite human. He's great with kids, just following him around town in his life. I don't know if he wants that. You know, Mahomes is married, you know, with a kid. That's a different a different ball of wax of who you're putting out there. Would Burrow say yes to doing something like that? Yeah, Chris and I were talking about that a couple of days ago. That would be, he'd be a guy you'd want for sure, right? But Hertz would be, it was a great choice. And he's like, he didn't feel it was appropriate. Because I bet you he's sitting here thinking, I haven't won anything yet. Well, you won the NFC, and you damn near won the MVP. So, what do you think? And his answer is not yet, I guess. And Who else Fields, would you like to see quickly? Uh, I, I, I just, I don't know. I'd love to, Stafford apparently said no last year. Oh, really? Because I'd love to see what he's up to. Dak would be phenomenal. Phenomenal. But does he, after throwing double-digit interceptions saying it won't happen again, want to have cameras following him around? And the answer is maybe, because as he says, pressure makes diamonds. But from the outside in, it's just like, well, what is the season about? You being chronicled or you not throwing the interceptions? Whether that's a fair assumption or not. <laughs> 